are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, praise the Lord. What a powerful service this was today. Great worship service. Didn't you sense the presence of the Lord here this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to follow on. This is going to be the last of the series on the God series. And uh, the title of the message is God Transforms Lives. Aren't you glad that God transforms lives? Amen. I am. You wouldn't like me if I wasn't transformed by the power of God. I'm going to read, first of all, from Romans chapter 7, verses 18 to 25. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work in me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? And here's the answer, verse 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Taking a quote from the, the book, The Good and Beautiful God by James Bryan Smith, I was glad to see him. Kerry was a successful businessman. I really need your help, he said, to be specific I'm losing the battle with sin. I'm losing it big time. I travel a lot and spend a lot of time in hotels. Pornography has become a huge temptation, and I fail every once in a while. I feel really guilty, and I tell God I'm sorry, promising never to do it again. I even confess to my wife, and she is pretty upset but also understanding. She, she knows it isn't I who, it isn't who I am. I stopped him right there. Who are you? I asked. I'm a Christian, he replied. What does that mean? I asked. Well, it means that I believe in Jesus and am trying to follow his commands. I go to church, study the Bible, and pray. 
I try not to sin, you know. I try to be a good person. But I know that deep down, I'm still just a sinner. Father in heaven, I just ask that you will make this word real to our hearts today. I thank you, Lord, that your word is alive. And it gets right to where it's needed. And so, precious Holy Spirit, do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. The struggle is real. Carrie's story is not uncommon. Most of us can relate to his struggle. Though our particular temptation and sin may differ, yet we all struggle with sin. In Romans chapter 7 verse 19, Paul says, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, I keep on doing. Now, we would never say, I intend to sin today. We find ourselves sinning time and time again. And then we adopt a false identity. I'm a sinner. But what does the Bible say? First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. Uh, verse uh, 11. Paul had just given a, a whole list of despicable things that people do as sinners. And he says in verse 11, And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. There's a change that came into my life and into your life when we asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of our lives. The Bible says that we were justified. That means just as if I had never sinned. That's hard to believe. Because I, I still remember some things that I've done in my past before I accepted Christ as my Savior that I would be embarrassed to tell any one person in this room today. And yet, God calls me justified. The slate is clean. The truth is that I'm born again. I'm a child of God. The Holy Spirit dwells in me. All my sins have been forgiven. I'm washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And if you've asked him to come into your heart, it's the same for you. As a born-again Christian, my sinning is unwanted behavior. I don't want to do anything wrong. I don't want to say things wrong. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I want to be a good person. But too many times I have to say, Lord, 
forgive me. I've sinned. I didn't work for my salvation. My desire is to have a deeper life in Christ. I don't work to keep my salvation. Man, that would be terrible. If you had to work to be good, you couldn't do it. I accepted Jesus into my life. I confessed that I was a sinner. I repented and turned away from sinning, and Jesus did the rest. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this one thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is not going to let you down. You may feel like kicking yourselves a dozen times a day, but God is by your side. He has begun a good work in you. And he will follow it through until that day he calls you home. Now all you and I need to do is trust and obey. So one thing I want you to know today is that we are transformed by the word of God. The Bible is what we base everything on. Our faith is based upon the word of God. Anything that we are positive about that is not based upon the word of God is not faith. It's just positive thinking. God's word is truth. Amen? The Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. The only way you're going to be able to follow God is to follow his word. Trusting in God, it's what it's all about. Joyce Meyer said, for a long time, there was so much turmoil in my life, it really saddens me to think about all the years I wasted living this way. She said, I was a Christian, I went to church, I spent a lot of time uh, being upset about things I couldn't do anything about. I experienced feelings of guilt and condemnation. And much of the time, I had no peace and just didn't enjoy life. Now, this is a Christian testimony. But how many people feel that way? They love Jesus with all their heart, and yet they, they're just not enjoying life. Something's wrong. Because the Lord has done a transformation in our lives. Things should be different. Then she says, thankfully, I've had a radical transformation. I developed the habit of trusting God, and now life is really worth living. You can trust God. You can trust his word. You can trust what he says. You can take it to the bank. It's good information. 
trusting God simply believes and practices his word, the Bible. Christians are called believers, but some of us trust our friends, our bank, our stock market, the government, more than we trust Jesus. And that's truly sad. Oh, we would never say, I trust the government better more than I trust God. But our actions speak differently, doesn't it? As we study the Bible, our mind is renewed, and we no longer just think the way the world thinks. Romans 12, verse 2, is a powerful verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You want to know God's will for your life? Know what the Bible says. Too often, the Bible is the last thing we think about. We'll take advice from anyone but God. And we're not doing ourselves any favors. Your Bible is the best way to hear from God. God's word is truth. As a pastor over the last 30 years or more, I've had many people come to me and tell me that God told them something. But if God tells you something, then it had better line up with the word of God. If it's contrary to what God's word teaches, you didn't hear from God, my friend. You heard out of your own spirit or another spirit, but not the Holy Spirit. John chapter 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In the word of God, you'll find the truth. So what will be your authority? Will it be God's word or the world? Will you trust God's word or public opinion? Makes a big difference. It affects your life. It affects your family. It affects your friends. Rick Warren says, if the Bible isn't infallible, inerrant and flawless, you're in a heap of trouble. The Bible tells you how you can be saved. It tells you that your life isn't an accident. The Bible tells you how to be forgiven, and it tells you how God can use you for good in this world. It should be the most important book in our position. Not only can we be transformed by the Word of God, but we can be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't overcome our sins and shortcomings without God's help. God makes that help available through His Holy Spirit. 
In Romans chapter 8, verse 13 and 14. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Led by the Spirit. Not by your own thinking. Not by what the world declares is right but what God's Word says. Even if we could make some real changes on our own, only God can change the heart. I've heard people say, I'm going to clean up my act, and then I'm going to come to God. It doesn't work that way. You come to God just as you are, with all of your faults and all of your failures, all of your sinning, and you acknowledge to God that you're a sinner. And then you ask him to forgive you, and you follow him. You follow his word. You get to know what his word says. You say, how can I know? There are so many voices. How can I know what's true? Follow the word. God's word is truth. You can't go wrong if you follow the Bible. It doesn't matter what kind of changes we make in our denominations. It doesn't matter what resolutions the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada uh, passes out in their general conference. If it's contrary to the word of God, it doesn't stand. When we stand before God, we're going to have the answer according to what the Word of God says. Not what my church says. Not what my pastor says. Great for him. Great for your pastor. Great for the evangelists if they're preaching the truth. But if they're preaching a lie and you believe the lie and you have the Word of God in front of you, there's no way you can stand before God and say, I didn't know. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away and everything new has come. A new man. A new woman in Christ. A new life. New desires. A new beginning. What does it mean to be in Christ? Well, let's take the butterfly for an illustration. The butterfly was once a caterpillar, just a worm. It could only crawl. It couldn't fly. But it goes into a cocoon and emerges a beautiful butterfly, completely transformed. The old has passed. The new has arrived. It was once weighed down by gravity. And now we can flap those beautiful wings and soar into the sky. Christians were once under the reign and the power of sin. One day, we went to Jesus. 
We said, Lord, I receive you into my life. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. And in a moment of time, something took place that millions of people all over the world have tried to explain, but every one of us feel that we fail to express what it means to actually be a born-again believer. And after we've said all our vocabulary allows us to explain what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be in Christ, we feel that we have come short. As one Newfoundlander said, it's better felt than telt. A Christian, as a Christian, you're completely new creation. God is no longer dealing with you on the basis of your sin. You're forgiven. Your old sinful nature has died. Now you have eternal life. Now there's a million, here's the million dollar question. Why now that I have been transformed by the power of God, into a new person in Jesus Christ. Why do I still struggle with sin? Why would a butterfly want to resort to crawling like a worm after it has learned to soar? Well, in Christ, we have been raised to new life. We've been given an identity. Our identity now is Christian. That's who I am. I sin, but I'm not a sinner. That's the power of God, the power of the blood of Jesus. In John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 and, and 1 verse 7, it says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That was written to the church. That's, that was written to people who have accepted Christ into their life. And John said, if we sin, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all sin. So we don't have to be sinners anymore. When we sin, we ask forgiveness, and we keep on going. And of course, it applies to the unbeliever as well. Because whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and experience that transforming power. Paul spells it out in his epistles. My citizenship is in heaven. I'm a Canadian citizen. That's for as long as I live here on this earth. But for eternity, my citizenship is in heaven. My spirit cries, Abba, Father, Father God. I'm a child of God. I've been adopted into the family of God. But still, we live in the body of flesh. The Bible refers to it as carnal, the old man. We still have our old memories, our old habits. We have been trained and still live in a world that is diametrically opposed to the truth of God's Word. 
This is why we struggle with sin, even after salvation. Is the atmosphere that we have grown up in. The biblical description means conflict of the spirit against the flesh. Flesh is living apart from God. Flesh is going in my own way rather than in God's way. The reformer John Calvin writes, as long as we are cooped up in this prison of our body, traces of sin will dwell in us. How many know that when you ask Jesus into your heart, when you got saved, your body didn't get saved. You gave your heart to Jesus, transformed a new creation, and yet your hair is st still thinning, still getting more and more wrinkles, more and more words. Sinful habits and actions are still waiting to be awakened in you. You can make a choice any day you like to submit to those, those things. Fighting to have control of your life, all of these things. But you've been transformed to a new way of living. A transformed life, new creation, has a new way of living. That's abiding in Christ. Because I'm a new creation, I choose to live a new way. As one dwelt by the Holy Spirit, I can now live as Jesus did. In utter dependence on God, the Holy Spirit. You remember, the Bible says that when Jesus when Jesus was on this earth, he went about doing good and healing all manner of sickness and disease because the devil, or the, and things that the devil would brought on people and, and all, the, all of these things because God was with him. The Holy Spirit, everything that Jesus did, he did in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he did it for one reason, so that you and I would have an example of how much power we had with God. So I'm abiding in Christ. Because I'm a new creation, I choose to live a new way. As one indwelt by the Spirit, I can now live as Jesus did, in utter dependence on God the Holy Spirit. Jesus used the image of a vine and its branches to describe this new way of living. He said in John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, Abide in me as I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit unless, it's, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The power of production is not in the branch. The power to live in, G in the Christian life is not in us. It is always in Christ. This is why Paul would say, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Christ is living 
his righteous life in me and you. To abide means to rest in and rely on Jesus. He's not outside of us judging us. He's inside of us empowering us. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. What does all of this mean for us? Paul says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. As I conclude today, you know my conclusions. You can say he's half full, half finished anyway. A Christian man sharing his fate after being told that Christianity was only a crutch for the weak. Mister, you see that tavern over there? Yes, he said, I see it. Do you see me? Yes, of course I see you. Now the time was, every, as everybody in this town knows, that if I had a dollar in my pocket, I would not pass that tavern without going in and getting drunk. But God has changed my heart, and the Lord Jesus has transformed my life. And here's my whole week's wages. And I have no temptation for strong drink. And sir, if this is a crutch, I want to tell you it's a mighty powerful one. It has healed my marriage. It has put clothes on my children's back. It has put good food on our table. It has filled my heart with joy and my mouth with thanksgiving to God. He has totally transformed my life. And he will do the same for you if you will accept him. Yes, God transforms life. And when he does, you will never be the same. There are things that I suffered as a boy that I have never shared with anyone. Things that I will carry to my grave I'll never, ever share with a living soul. Abuses persecuted because of my parents' faith. Unruly in school just to stay behind so that I could avoid getting beaten up by those who hated me. As a young man, I was filled with hatred and bitterness. I often say I didn't love a half a dozen people outside of my own family. When I asked Jesus Christ into my heart, he transformed my life to a point of loving everyone. You couldn't be a pastor and not love people. You couldn't spend hours on your knees weeping before God for the souls of people if you didn't love them. That's the transformation that God did for me. There's a song we used to sing. I've asked Gordy to do it today. It's an old song, Gaither song, I think it is. It goes like this. He touched me. 
shackled by a heavy burden, need a load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me. Now I am no longer the same. He touched me. Jesus touched me, and all oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know. He touched me, and he made me whole. He transformed my life. What Satan meant to destroy me, God turned it around for good. He wants to transform your life as well. Listen to the words of this song. And if you feel God tugging at your heart, then let him come in. Maybe you're saying, I've been Christian now for a number of years. I don't feel that transformation that you're talking about, Pastor. And you need to make a choice. You need to get back to the Word. You need to call upon God and allow Him to fill your heart and to change your, your mind and your attitude. That's what He's all about. Gordy. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.